This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop and Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Right now I'm talking with Scott, label owner of quote-unquote... Uh, what what is this? Uh, influencers of death metal is what I saw online. Maggot Stomp Records uh, quotations. Caveman for Neander- Neanderthals. I like it. Uh, Scott, how are you doing, man? Down in L.A. How's things going for you the last uh, 10, 11 months? Um, I'm good, man. Just trying to survive like everyone else. Pretty much not doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, um, do you uh, operate the label full-time, or do you have, like, a day job, or what's uh, your, like, personal situation? No, I, I have a full, full-time job. I, I work at a small graphic design studio, and and uh, that, that pays the real bills. And this is just kind of a hobby that turned into something that got a little out of control. So. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I kind of want to talk uh, and dive deep into it. That's why I uh, hit you up. In the inbox of Instagram, I got in your DMs. Um, what what do you have planned for twenty twenty one, man? It seems like twenty twenty, you know, as crazy as of a year it was um, for the world and everything, and and bands and artists. Seems like you guys really just kind of like upped your visibility and and uh, whatnot. What do you have planned for twenty twenty one? I mean, if I if I keep doing like I did in twenty twenty, I nothing was really planned out it's everything just kind of just kind of rolled with what either fell in my lap or people wanted to do um i mean there's a few records that i i have planned that are in the works that, are, yeah. that will hopefully come out this year bands like vomit forth and mourned and 200 sad wounds are supposed to record lps this year yeah um and, and probably a couple EPs and whatever whatever comes up, I'll, I'm pretty flexible. It's not like I don't really operate like normal labels, I guess, do with sure. planned out rollouts or whatever they have for the year, kind of already planned in advance. You just kind of roll with the punches and, and go go with it like that. Okay, nice, man. So it's not like a you know a label uh, label will have bands like signed to uh, a contract and then you know kind of have to do like the uh, record cycles and whatnot. You kind of just do it as it comes at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't I don't really deal with record cycles and yeah that kind of, that kind of stuff. That's that's for people who, who take things seriously. I guess I don't know. It's, it just seems like people trying too hard. I just I just do what I like to do and, and do it for fun for the most part and 
go go with it from there. So I'm curious uh, if if we could if we could go back um, a little bit and, and what's your um, background in like uh, were you um, were you in a band were you a musician did you grow up playing in bands or you know going to metal hardcore punk shows or uh, what kind of uh, world do you come from and, and what inspired you to start a label? Um, I uh, I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in Connecticut and went to a lot of. A lot of hardcore shows there. Yeah. This was like in the early 90s, I guess. Okay. I went to hardcore shows, death metal shows. Um, I've just been going to shows for a long time. And mm-hmm. I got I got into kind of graphic design just out of a necessity for needing a job. Yeah. And I never really went to school or anything and just sort of fell into it and ended up doing a lot of work for other like small hardcore record labels and stuff, doing design work. Um, eventually I started my own hardcore label in, in the early two thousands and that, that was just kind of for fun. But I, at the time I was, I had no money. I was broke and yeah. it was just, I was, I'm not a good businessman, put it that way. And just like, I didn't really care about business stuff and I just sort of let, let that thing fold and just kept doing what I normally do, go to shows, do mm-hmm. record layouts and, uh, eventually I just started this again because I was bored one day hanging out talking to my buddy and we were just like, let's just do a, a record label or whatever. And hit up, I hit up some bands about putting out a tape and this one band came back to me and said, sure. And it kind of just started with that and just rolled on from there. Nice, man. This well, was about, This was about two years ago that that happened. Okay, nice, man. So Maggot Stomp originally started, what, 2018, 2017? 2018, 2018. Cool. A, like a actually trying to just be a label type of thing. So if you were active in putting out hardcore releases in the early 2000s, chances are I played some of your recordings on my, my hardcore and punk radio show. What label did you run? Um, it was a small label called Takeover Records. Oh, yeah. Um, I put out like the first Terror 7-inch and uh-huh. some local L- LA bands like Piece by Piece and Vendetta. Um, I put out a record for this band over my dead body from San Diego. Of course. Just, just small hardcore stuff. Shout out Dan and Super 7. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Dan Sant, working for Mr. Brian Flynn. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. I can't believe you put out the first Terror 7-inch. That's crazy. Yeah, it was just one of those things. It's like I was friends with all those guys, and they were sort of already signing to Bridge 9, but we're going on tour and needed a 7-inch put out. And I had started this label with another buddy of mine, and we put out a seven-inch for our, our friends in this band, Piece by Piece. That was mm-hmm. in L.A. Piece by Piece was Nick Jett, yep. who was the singer. He was a singer that played drums in terror. And uh, just kind of like, you know, friends of friends, and things just sort of fell in my lap with that as well, too, so... That's cool, man. That's that's rad to see that like this this guy who was putting out these kind of like very uh, formative hardcore releases, and you know might not have gotten to the point where it was like a huge label, but you know putting out the foundation of what would what would come for these you know really integral hardcore bands of the two thousands and, and still going on, and now you're putting out this this awesome underground death metal. It's really rad to hear that, dude. I, I had no idea. Well, thanks. <laughs> 
absolutely. Um, what what was the um, original vision for Maggot Stomp? I know you said Caveman for Neanderthals. Was that kind of the idea? Was just put out like raw underground death metal? I, I think so. To be, to be honest, it was just like I, I, there wasn't like a label that I saw that was like strictly death metal for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there was labels around, like small labels I'm talking about, like there was labels like Head Split Records that was like out up and down in Portland there where you up in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. There were just tapes for like a lot of death metal and extreme metal, but they also did like a lot of thrash and a lot of black metal stuff or whatever. And then that's kind of how I looked at it. There's so many labels that were putting out every kind of metal and it was just, there wasn't a place where just like if I knew something was coming out on this label, I was like, yeah, I need to get that. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I know it'll be good. And that's kind of how I just thought how I would do things is like, I wanted to put out like stuff that I listened to. And, and that was kind of it, which was just like, just straight up death metal. No, like blacking death metal, mm-hmm. no thrashy speed death metal. Like I just like death metal is what I was into. And that's just what I wanted to do. And I didn't see another label. I was just doing that type of stuff. I mean, there was like extremely rotten productions over in in Denmark. They do a lot of just death metal, but nothing really here in the states or anything. I was doing strictly death metal. It's cool when you can find a label that you like almost subscribe to their release schedule, like like it's some sort of like subscription box or something. Like there's, it's few and far between. You know, like in the early two thousands, I used to. Uh, you know, buy pretty much anything Deathwish put out, or you know, these. There's like sometimes just bands, labels go on runs where you're just like super pumped on on everything that comes out. It's cool that you kind of have that idea, like you know, put out consistency. I, I think is important for well, that. Yeah, I mean, the thing like when I was growing up, it was like starting in hardcore and stuff. It's like labels like Revelation Records and oh yeah, even like Equal Vision Records and yeah, early Deathwish stuff. Um, you just knew like if they were putting out something, what it was going to kind of sound like and what it was. And then eventually, like, I feel like all those labels kind of, you know, ran to where the money was going, which wasn't hardcore. Yeah. There's no money in that. There's no money in death metal, anything that's so underground, there's just no money in it. And it's like that I'm completely fine with that. So I, I have no problem staying just a death metal label for sure. But I can see labels like death wish and equal vision records. It's like, you know, these people are just growing and having, they, they want to be real, I guess just labels or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to kind of find where you, you got to go where that stuff kind of leads you to bands like saves the day sort of blowing mm-hmm. up for equal vision yeah. and Coheed and Cambria. And then, I mean, death wish is, what converge i don't know i don't yeah. know if they put out anymore so um as far as uh, maggot stomp goes was there any uh uh thing that you felt was like kind of like the breakthrough because it seems like and, and and you know whether it's a tongue-in-cheek thing or not like it you guys really are like a influencers or you know what you would call like tastemakers for underground at least the underground movement of death metal was there anything that really you felt really push that uh forward or was like the breakthrough release for you guys oh well, definitely like the singles yugabod demo or yeah EP that came out like late 2000 or like in 2019 was really what kind of like that and frozen soul ep mm-hmm. 
those two bands took off and like you know they worked at like touring and playing tons of shows and it really it, it got their name out there and at the same time it got my name out there and um i feel like those those two records i i feel like the, the fluid stuff was like really big it did really well for for me and for them um because it kind of like brought in a different kind of audience like that more like grind element um and then just like having i, I don't know i don't know if there's any other like sort of one breakthrough moment i just think it was just quality release after release if i can say so for sure consistency like what we were saying yeah, yeah. yeah. um so uh you know i i, I don't assume this or anything but the band you said sanguinisabog and and that's how i say it but i is it sanguisuabog you said uh sanguisugabog sanguisugabog and and frozen soul both uh signing century media uh and and i was curious is there like a working relationship between century media and maggot stomp or were those things just specifically Uh, happen to be on their own no i think it's more they they kind of just see what's what's selling and they want to, they want to grab onto it and take it for themselves. <laughs> Honestly, it's cool. It's like, I, I love saying, I love the same as dudes and I love the frozen soul kids. And I'm just like happy for both of them that their both bands are doing really well. It just so happens they're doing it for somebody else now. So yeah, <laughs> I might be a little bitter, but it's okay. I'll get over it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of pro wrestling and, and I work for a, uh, a company up here called defy and uh, we're like an underground you know uh, very diy wrestling company and and it would be insane for me to think that somebody could like make a living you know with defy but like it's always kind of like bittersweet when someone gets signed to like nxt or wwe where you're just like stoked for them but you're also kind of like uh right i mean i get it like when i, I know like after the thing with sugabog ep came out they were like getting hit up with offers from labels and stuff. And it's like, I, I can't, I can't give, give them what some of these labels labels are doing. I mean, like Sango Sugabot's doing videos with trauma and I'm like, yep. I can't, I can't afford that kind of stuff. So, and at the same time, I think it's amazing. I'm like, I would love to be able to give them the kind of money to go do a video with a company like that yeah. or, or just, the, just like that kind of money just to go out and do whatever with and, and do just do cool stuff with so i mean it's it's, you know it's a little bittersweet but it's also like i'm stoked that they're doing it because it's like it's just cool that's happening that you know they're just they're bringing to century media who i think is just kind of a label that's not i i I haven't they're not a label that i can i think of when i think of death metal labels anymore okay uh, well, I mean, and, and, and when we talk about the Century Medias and the Nuclear Blast and the Metal Blades and stuff, those are those are big labels, um, but they might not even be, you know, household names for a lot of people that are more into, like, the, the Kill Switch Engage or the Lamb of Gods or the the people that are on, you know, uh, the tip of, like, kind of, like, the, the mainstream, and, and I'm talking, like, big record label like the epics and and the warner brothers do you think personally there will ever be a time where we're, we're gonna see like an actual death metal band on a major label like an epic or a warner brothers well i mean century media is owned by sony records so it's kind okay. of it's kind of one in the same if, if you're I mean, it's just like sony's a, 
I mean, Sony, Sony's so huge. They own so many different companies and, and Roadrunner is Warner brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, I know it's basically when you sign the century media, you're basically signing to Sony. So it's like, it's not that far of a leap, but I don't think Sony's going to get dirty with like a band like Sam was through the box. (laughs) You imagine that? It'd be kind of fun, but (laughs) yeah. Um, Okay, so I, I, I'm curious about, so uh, we're talking about the Frozen Soul, and we're talking about the Sangsugabog. Uh, what is it about, like, the current, um, the underground of, of the American death metal scene? Like, when did you start to notice there was, like, this wave of, like, raw, I mean, like, even up here in Seattle, the Mortiferum, the Cerebral Rot, the Fetid, uh, there's a lot of really rad, underground, old-school-sounding death metal bands. When did you start to notice I mean, I don't know if it was like, like, oh my God, there's all of a sudden there's all these new bands. It's kind of like just, there's always been like bands like in the underground that always have the sound. For sure. I just think, I just think like all these bands started just picking up on, on, on like bands like Undergong and, Mm, um, you know, all the bands that have been kind of kicking it for a while and they're just like, let's just do this because... I mean, techie death metal is kind of dumb and boring for the most part. And it just kind of had like a, I just feel like old school death metal kind of also has like, like not punk influences, but kind of, it's like not, I don't, I don't want to say it's like easy to play, but it's just like, it's just so raw and just kind of just more, not emotional, but it's like, it's just it's just there it's just like you kind of just do it and it's kind of uh whereas you have to kind of i I don't don't know i feel like bands that are starting out if they want to be like a a techie death band or whatever it's kind of you're just forcing it you're just not really it's not really my thing but and i think it it was probably the same for a lot of kids starting bands it's like you know all, all these being all noodly with my guitar isn't really my thing so it's like i just want to play crushing riffs or i just want to like just hammer some drums and just yeah. spit out gurgle some vocals and i mean there's like just bands like yeah you know, like fetid coming mm-hmm. up doing that and like they just like grabbed onto that autopsy sound which yeah i mean you can't go wrong with it it's fucking amazing autopsy rules <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So so this brings me back to the, the term, and, and if you're listening now and you know, uh, you're not familiar with this term, it's something that uh, our, our homie Ryan the Beard likes to say, caveman death metal. Uh, wh- how would you define caveman death metal? Uh, I don't want to say just like, I, 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 you know, I used to say it's like death metal for dummies. It's not, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be you don't have to be too smart or too cool or too whatever. It's knuckle dragging. You know, yeah. You know, to, to listen to it or play, you know, it's nothing that's like, you know, it, it's no better than anything. It's like, you know, caveman death metal is just death metal. Mm-hmm. If you want to get down with it, that's awesome. If not, then who cares? It's like not a big deal. It's more of just like an attitude I'd say than it, it is a sound, <laughs> but it, it definitely has a sound. It's just, you know, it's, it's more about just like playing death metal for, for fun. It's just like listening to it for fun. It's not like, it's not like, oh, I'm making a career out of this. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like I expect to make like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars or whatever. 
it's not you know you can call it art you can call it whatever but at the end of the day it's just a, it's just death metal the first band that i remember seeing live in my friend said caveman death metal was jungle rot and he was like dude this is just some caveman i was like all right caveman death metal i dig it <laughs> i would call that stuff jungle death metal i don't know jungle death i like it all right cool man i mean i like jungle rot i think they're awesome and i think it's funny that they were on victory records or right i saw them um because i saw them at uh mayhem festival the last year that they did it and it was like and on the side stage was code orange and jungle rot and they were and and i interviewed jamie from code orange and he was like yeah pretty much the only people we're getting along with are the jungle rot dudes (laughs) it's pretty funny um so with uh you know with so much um you know attention being is 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 people are just like doing streaming these days and and, uh kind of the people can really get their music out on their own. Um, I'm, I'm wondering about what's the importance and uh, what, what role do you see uh, a record label playing in, uh, in 2021? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I don't see any really relevance for what I do for anybody, to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, cause yeah, everybody can put out their own record. Anybody could put up their own stuff on Bandcamp. Um, I, I mean, other than like having like a, a strong record of putting out, you know, solid stuff, and yeah. like, I have like just having a following of people that'll listen to whatever I put out or even recommend is kind of cool. I mean, I think that's <clears throat> I think that's really what what I can offer somebody. So it's Absolutely. not really that much. It's just kind of hey, I have a foothold in this kind of thing, and like people really dig it. I th- I dig it, so you know. But that's really the only relevance I see with with labels and stuff these days is being able to help somebody put out their own stuff if mm-hmm. they don't have like the capital or the money to do it themselves, or you know, just just having a name on something that people will recognize or whatever. I would agree with that. And other than that, I have no clue what I offer anybody. Well, I mean, you kind of, you, you, you definitely hit the tail or hit the head right there with a, it's the visibility, man. You guys like have, you guys have put in that work and and put out that consistently, you know, heavy so people know to go to you guys. And then, you know, a band will get signed to you guys or a band will put out something on you guys. It's way more visible than maybe if they would have just done it on their own. So I'll, I'll give you guys that for sure. Yeah, I mean, basically, I think that's kind of all what any label can really offer other than, you know, lots of money. It's just you, just the exposure of, you know, doing, doing it and building, you know, a, a fan base that's just a label fan base. Or, I mean, if people are like, oh, I mean, I love Sango Sugabog. Hey, man, check this band out. They're on, they were on the same label or whatever type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's pro- pretty much it, I think. Or, or just helping with some financial stuff if I can. Nice, man. Well, uh, you know, like like uh, if anyone's listening right now, I didn't you know pre-screen these questions, so everything's kind of coming off the top. So um, I yeah. will ask you something. Um, what it, uh, off the top of your head? What is something in underground music you would like to see die, like a trend or something? And then what would you like to see more of? I'd like to see elitism in death metal die. Nice. I mean, there's there's no need for people to think they're cooler than anyone else's. 
It's like you're all just kids playing death metal. Yeah. Whether you whether you think your riffs are like ultra technical or ultra like, you know, you spend more time trying to write a single riff than the one kid that's like chugging away at autopsy style. It's like it's all death metal. Nobody's yeah. cooler than anyone else. So that, that's that's what I think I would like to see just gone in the scene, I guess, if you will. And then what was the second part? Uh, what would what you I like to see more of? Um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe just I would like to see more more kids like doing DIY, doing stuff on their own. I mean, because I, I mean, coming from like a hardcore and punk like background, more so than I mean, so I was going to hardcore and punk shows before there was death metal. Yeah. So it's like now doing this, I just see a lot of kids like getting into death metal, like whether they. They're, they're unsure of how to go about make, getting their own shows or booking their own shows or even pressing their own tapes or whatever. So I, I guess that's kind of it. Like the more just hands-on attitude of, of, of punk and hardcore, it's like I want to see some of that infiltrate more death metal. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of kids out there in death metal that are doing it on their own. But yeah. I think sometimes like some good bands just sit back and wait for a label to come along and say we'll put out your stuff instead of just going out and do it themselves nice dude uh now we're talking death metal uh so i i gotta ask you you know i do ask this sometimes to people about the different genres that they work within and uh you know everyone knows the big four of thrash metal or at least the big four of american thrash metal megadeth slayer anthrax metallica in your opinion uh and, and this is your own personal big four what is your big four of death metal um, of all time I, of all time mm-hmm. i'd say obituary cannibal corpse morbid angel and autopsy that was quick man i like it dude nice is that those are all american bands right you said yeah i mean nice i, I mean there there was there, there's also you know great you know european death metal bands like from the early days like entombed and, and Demolic and stuff but yeah. i mean i grew up i grew up in connecticut i grew up like I mean, there was no internet back then when like death metal bands were first coming out. So I just see bands that 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 came through. I mean, yeah. I did see Entombed and Grave early on, and like I love Grave, but for was, the most part, I was always like huge like New York death metal and yeah. like New York hardcore and Suffocation and you know seeing bands like Internal Bleeding. Yep, hell yeah. But, um, you know, like you know seeing. Cannibal Corpse with Chris Barnes was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Obituary was always like one of my favorite bands. Still are. I mean, it's, yeah. all these bands are still like like huge. I listen to them constantly. So, but um, yeah, I was always more just like American death metal. <laughs> nice, dude. But not, nothing against the dismembers of the world. Uh, okay, so my last question for you, man, and then again, this is Scott from Maggot Stomp Records. Uh, actually, before we go into the last question, what's the best way to support Maggot Stomp Records uh, bands and stuff? What's the, what's the place to find you guys online and, and buy some of your... Um, I mean, the easiest place to follow us is just Instagram, and that's just Maggot Stomp is, is our Instagram like you know thing, and uh, Bandcamp is where you can hear all of our stuff for free or whatever. And yeah. Some, if you can't listen to something, let me know and I'll make sure you can. But, um, 
it's just maggotstomp.bandcamp.com and everything's up there all the bands um and all, all the releases are there for, to, to listen to for free so um yeah that's that's the easiest way awesome man well i appreciate it one last question for you pick a scar on your body and tell us a story of how you got that scar scott dude i, I i'm sorry i shouldn't be swearing i don't know oh it's all good i already did <laughs> um well i i have a i have a i have a long scar across my forehead okay i had um brain surgery when i was 13 damn or 12 going on 13 so i was like it was like between between my junior, between my eighth grade and senior, and freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had I, I had a couple abscesses on my brain, and so I had to have like uh, surgery where you know they, they took out my forehead and you know took care of the Holy abscesses and shit. but um it, it left like it, it, the scar is not traumatic like going going starting your freshman year of high school like with like having to wear a hat because half your head was shaved and you had st- like i still had staples in my head when i went to school yeah but um yeah that that's kind of like my biggest scar i have and the story the, the story is just like i don't know i had a gnarly scar <laughs> and i had like gnarly <laughs> surgery and like I, I had kids like dude what's going on with you why are you wearing a hat because i mean i went to a small high school and no you know we had a strict dress not a dress code but we couldn't wear hats in school except I had like an exception for some mm-hmm. reason, and so I stood out like a sore thumb. Uh, made, made it easy for kids to pick on me. Damn, dude. Which, which kind of probably led me to like just hanging out by myself and getting into punk and listening to hardcore records by myself in my my bedroom, growing up through school. So you wouldn't be who you are today without that gnarly scar. There you go. All comes probably back. not. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, man, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass.